Hi, Canard fans. Welcome to Season 3 of CanardCast. CanardCast is a podcast for rutan-designed and rutan-inspired aircraft. Season 3 is produced by David Williford with technical support by Izzy Briggs. CanardCast is a production of the Canard Owners and Builders Association, and information on how to join will be provided at the end of this CanardCast. Good day, and thank you for joining us for CanardCast, Episode 2, Season 3. I'm Izzy, and in this interview, we're going to get a different perspective in which we can see a little of the Canard experience from the viewpoint of our kids. In this interview, 24-year-old Sarah Williford and her father, David Williford, reminisce over some past father-daughter Canard moments with the Stagger Easy 909 Echo Zulu, including memories of past flying lessons, animal runway incursions, turns around to point lessons, weight and balance versus minimum equipment list for her college dorm, instrument flying, well, sort of, if you count waking up in the clouds. Well, Sarah's the youngest of two and a graduate of Stephen F. Austin State University, and she's an elementary teacher of music and just seems like the kind of daughter every father can be proud of. Let's listen in. Hello, welcome to another edition of CanardCast. My name's David Williford, I'm your host, and today, I'm interviewing a family member, my daughter, Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi. I wanted to uh, present this canard cast from a little bit different perspective of what it's like to have a family member fly with you in these amazing aircraft. And so, uh, Sarah, I've got a few questions for you. But first, I'd like you to just briefly tell us a little bit about uh, your background and flying with your, your dad. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Sarah Williford, 24 years old. Um, I graduated from SFA, or sorry, Stephen F. Austin State University uh, in 2020. Um, I'm a music elementary teacher, and I'm the youngest of two. So I have an older brother who I believe got to fly before me, uh, but... I've been flying with you since I was in middle school, so maybe 2012, 2011? About 2013. 2013. Yep. Um, so I have gone on quite a few flights with you. About how many? Just a rough number as far as you can recall. I can't remember all of them, but over 20, between 20 and 30. Okay. And so you got to fly with me in the early days when I was getting the canard back in the air after a restoration and and I would take you flying. I remember a trip that uh, I wanted to do with you where we flew, just the two of us, from uh, my home base in McKinney. We flew out to Sulphur Springs and had lunch. And I let you take the controls. What was that like? I was terrified. <laughs> Were you? Yes. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to, like, I'm going to fly a plane. Like, what What if I do something wrong? Like, um, we're going to die. No, um, but uh, it was it was exhilarating for sure. Um, heart racing, just it was so much to look at all of like the instruments. And you had done a really good job before you let me take the controls of, you know, what each thing was and, you know, what it was showing you and why it was important. Um, and so when I did take the controls over or before I took the controls over, 
um, you told me like, okay, like this is a procedure. I'm going to tell you, I'm giving you the controls. You're going to tell me I have the controls. That way I know that you've got it. And then I'm going to say you have the control or the controls. The three-step handoff, we call it. Yes. Right. You have it. I have it. You have it. Yes. And so I did that. I also made sure that the aircraft was flying level. Right. And there's trims settings and I made sure that it was trimmed level and, and so that you wouldn't have to fight a climb or a dive, that sort of thing, so that it was easy for you. Mm -hmm. And I recall I gave you a task. I think I, I said, okay. You told me to do a circle. I did. I, was it a circle to the right first or a circle to the left first? I, I can't remember. I think it was to the right, but I said, give me a 360 to the right, I think is what I did. And I remember, like, I like I kind of tilted it, and you're like, oh, you're going to have to do like more than that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what now? And we had to, like, it felt like we were, like, on its side, you know, oh. going. That's what it felt like to me, okay. trying to do a three. It, was, it felt very steep to me. And you kept reminding me, like, you have to keep the nose level. You have to keep the nose level. Look at the horizon. Look at the horizon. Yeah. I'm like, Look out the window. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> and the controls, I'm like having to fight the controls. Like, you know, like it's it's not easy. Like you it really does, you know, take it's not like um like driving a car where you're just like, you know, like any little tilt, like you can like do kind of like one finger sometimes, you're like your two thumbs, you know, like a steering wheel, it's not that hard. But the controls to a plane, like yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Um, and pick the nose up and that sort of thing. So I remember, but uh, you did really well. Oh, thank you. I, I tried, I tried. Um, I remember another time you, sometimes you would let me change the elevation. And so you would give me the controls and you would tell me, okay, go to 6,000, go to 7,000. Um, and then you would have me keep it there. And if I went up or down, you would like point that out to me and like, Hey, check your elevation. Um, and so we would, we would practice that as well. Um, I think there was another time, I mean, we did like a lot of pattern work, um, where you would just show me the lakes and you would, I mean, we would just do kind of a, kind of like little practice flights. Um, and see, I've forgotten all of those little around the patch, we call them. Or and to go get so gas. You would take me to go, go get, get gas. gas. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so much fun. Yeah. So you were pretty young back then, middle school and then mm -hmm. up through high school. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't know, what's it like to, to grow up uh, having a dad that has an airplane? Was that different for you or? It was, it was telling my friends, oh yeah, my dad has a plane. You know, they're like, what? Your dad has his own plane? That's so cool. <laughs> you know, and they're like, can I go fly? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like if you want. But for me, I'm just like, oh, like I just, I get to go flying. Like another way to, another way to doodle around. Okay. So. I uh, wanted to know, you know, what's it like from your perspective? How's it different than driving a car? Oh, it's very different. Um, just like the whole process of preparing to fly uh -huh. is much more, you know, like with a car, you, you grab your keys, you get in, you, you put the keys in, turn it on, buckle your seatbelt and go, you know, like it's like five steps and you're ready with a flight. You have to like, and, and maybe I skipped over a step, but like if you're going for a big trip, you have to pack, but 
um, like for a flight, even if you're just going to get gas or even if you're just going around the patch or something like that, you have to go through like the whole flight step. You remind me of like safety procedures, you know, like if this happens, you do this. If this happens, do this. Don't touch this. It's okay if you touch this. Like this is how you buckle your seatbelt and everything like that. Um, and then you have to do like checks around the airplane and um, just, I mean... And then taxiing, oh my oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, like, just... and, and sometimes you have to wait on the taxi. Oh, and, and there was one time in the summer, it was so hot, and we were just sitting on the taxi or the runway waiting, and it, we were just, like, baking, and you're like, I promise once we get into the air, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I know, but <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it's it's very different from a car where you can just buckle up and go um, getting an airplane. I mean, we, you know, we had to pull your airplane out of the, um, out of the hangar. Um, and you know, that's, that's a process in itself. Cause we have to like put the two planks on either side of the rails, um, on both sides. Cause there's, there's four planks. So we have to, two of us have each, um, or each of us have two. And then we have to like pull out the plane and like, I'm always afraid of like breaking it or like a wheel falling off or something. I mean, that's, you know, me being me, but, um, oh, there was this one time, um, somebody, you had to call someone for help because we, we had to get like, um, some sort of, I don't want to say doohickey, but it was, it was like a car thing of some sort and it was like motorized and they helped us like push it or pull it or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it, whenever we would, whenever, like the first time I pulled out the plane, it was lighter than I was expecting. It was a lot easier to pull it. Um, I was expecting it to be quite heavy, but it really wasn't, but it, it can be, it can be heavy. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very different. It's very cool though. It's yeah. very cool. I, I found pushing the airplane back up the hill to the hangar. Yeah. Getting it over the rails. Oh and, yeah. And with, and if we still have a lot of fuel, then it is, it's a heavy push. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, uh, so much easier to pull out than push back in. Um, I remember a flight that you, me, and mom took up to visit her brother and sister-in-law up in Wichita, Kansas. So we're traveling from North Texas up to Wichita, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I think you ended up in the back seat, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, was, was, was flying in that far back seat a-okay with you? Uh, was it any different or than uh, flying next to me in the right seat? Um, so the window is a lot smaller. For the people listening, I'm showing the window to my dad, but um, basically, so the way that his airplane is set up is there's the, the pilot seat and then the passenger seat um, slightly diagonally back to the right, and then the second passenger seat directly behind the pilot. So that's why it's like the stagger, because the seats are staggered. Uh -huh. um, and so with with the stagger easy like when you're in the pilot seat or the pa the first passenger seat you have this huge dome over you and it's a very large window and you can see all around you like yeah visibility is great right whereas like when you're in the back seat you have like that little window that window then, to the left of you sorry and yes that's it to the left and then i mean like you can kind of like if you lean to the right you can you can look out the front um, so that was the majority of my flight was looking out of the, the passenger window. Um, it wasn't bad. However, I do remember at that time, I really struggled with, um, motion sickness. 
and um, I would get headaches, really bad headaches, and so I'd have to like sleep during a lot of it. But I, um, and so I was, I remember in that flight, I was kind of getting hot and I had a headache and so I ended up passing out, like passing out as in falling asleep. Um, and, and whenever I woke up, we were flying through clouds and I, th I thought that was, that was magical. That not, was hopefully cool. not directly through them. No, no. I, I, I am a VFR pilot and I fly around the clouds, but through them is, is, is an accurate assessment. We were having to know. go like up above and, and down below okay. but like it so, was yeah. yeah you're flying next to them yeah next to some clouds yeah and uh that's really cool and i i don't know it was just really great to be able to not have to drive all the way up to to wichita kansas and uh we got to spend the day with them it was and, an hour and a half flight or two hour flight yeah. versus a, like a eight hour drive or something it, yeah so no Much yeah quicker mm -hmm. and so that allowed us to to actually get back in one day instead of having to spend the night which mm -hmm. is which is what we did. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a flight, as far as you're looking back, that was either A, the, the most significant or the most memorable flight for you? There are a lot of memorable flights. Um, just because we, I flew with Ryan. I flew with, uh, Ryan's my brother. Um, I flew with mom. I think I took a friend in high school up. Was it Eric or maybe or someone? Um, and of course, Audrey. Coming. Audrey, my college yep. roommate. Yep. I, uh, mm. Go ahead. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. Uh, what was significant or memorable? I think the most significant or memorable was when you took me over our house. Oh? Because. This was whenever, um, like, Google Earth was really becoming, like, popular and, like, a thing. And, like, you know, like, everybody would go on Google Earth and, like, look at satellite images. And, you know, it was, you know, you could zoom in really close and, like, find your house. And you're like, oh, my God, that's me! You know, and stuff like that. And so I had done that. And then to go up in a plane and be able to see what I saw on Google Earth, I was like, whoa! That is, like, I could see, like, the swing set that we had, um, and I could see the, the garage and the sailboat that we had, and it was, it was really cool. I, I quite enjoyed that. I know that, uh, the airplane did come in handy, uh, when you were in college. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the regional airport down in Nacogdoches, Texas was, uh, Mangum Regional, and, and a really good airport, and it was a stress reliever for me and Ginger when we would either want to come down. I remember Ginger and I flew down. You had just adopted a brand new kitty, yeah. kitten, kitten, at that point, and uh, so we went flew down to visit you, and then see your brand new kitten. And uh, so we would land and then grab a crew car, and so we'd literally show up at your dorm you know, with uh, not having to drive that awful drive. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a three and a half hour drive through nothing. Just <laughs> trees and trees and trees and semis and semis and semis. Yep. So, and uh, so the flight was much more enjoyable. We got to visit you and uh, fly you back for the holidays for Christmas and, mm -hmm. and uh, that one time with Audrey and uh, oh my gosh. That, tell us a little bit about that flight. Oh, so, so with dorm life, you have your whole life in this, you know, 
however many hundred square feet, you know. Cubicle. Cubicle, essentially. <laughs> and my roommate, she's really into cosplaying. Um, cosplaying is where you make um, costumes uh, of, of characters, like video game characters or something like that. And so she was um, sewing her very own, like, custom cosplay. And so she had a mannequin with her. And she wanted to work on it over winter break because winter break, I think, was like three weeks or three and a half weeks. It was really Something long. Something like that, yeah. And so, um, but of course, you know, like, we're, we're girls and so we have to take half our dorm room with us. And there's always a bunch of things that like, oh, I don't need this here. You know, I'm going to take this back home. So not only do we bring, you know, what we need for the week, but we also bring in bring everything that we don't want at our dorm. And so that's what ended up happening. And me not being a pilot, I have no concern for how heavy all of the luggage is. And so we, I, I, I think were we, were we in the Tahoe at the time and we brought all the stuff in the Tahoe? I think so. And so we were unloading the Tahoe and Audrey and I just like kept putting things like more and more things by the airplane. And my dad's just like guffawing at it all. Like, I don't know if all of this can even fit. Like, (laughs) who knows about getting off the ground? Like, I I don't even know if it can fit. I was just trying to get my two girls, you know, the two y'all, to come back. And And I didn't know y'all were going to bring. I think we had like of everything you owned. Pretty much, yeah. I think we had like two suitcases, a box of things, and a mannequin, and a bunch of blankets or something. I don't. It was it was a lot, but yeah, I ended up getting buried in the back, the second passenger yes. seat in the back, um, literally buried. Like I, there was no room, and so Audrey told me like, well, you climb in, and then I'll just hand you things. And so I climbed in, I got buckled, and she just started putting stuff in my lap and next to me and all around me, and then I was before you knew it, like all you could see was like a little hand, like. I'm good. <laughs> I can give a thumbs up, thumbs sideways, or thumbs down. <laughs> I remember that that selfie that I took, and all all I could see was was your eyes and a thumbs up. So <laughs> I knew I knew we were good. Yeah. But uh, and so the easy was was able to to carry quite a bit more than I ever thought. Yeah. And uh, still be able to. to... Well, there were also times when you and Ryan would go up to Oshkosh. And y'all would camp. And so y'all had to bring a bunch of camping gear, too. So I, I imagine it would get packed yeah. during those times That was well. 2015. He was uh, right in between. And uh, I knew the opportunity he was going to be going to college. Mm-hmm. And this was July 2015. Mm-hmm. And so Ryan and I took way too much camp gear <laughs> and uh, camped out for a week up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was coming back into Texas, we had just crossed the the Texas border, mm-hmm. and Ryan's about. I think I'm trying to wake him up, or he slept most of the time when I, whenever he would fly with me. But um, I was talking to Fort Worth Center, and I had a little bit of an in-flight emergency, and I'm talking to Fort Worth Center. I'm not talking quite to the tower yet. Mm-hmm. We're not quite there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the display on my radios, the digital display, just goes away. Oh. And so I have no idea what frequency I'm like. So I talked to Fort Worth Center. I said, Fort Worth Center, 909 Echo Zulu, my radio display has gone. 
I'm unable to change frequencies to anything that I would be able to see because I have no display. Right. And so I need you to, to call the McKinney Tower and let them know I'm coming in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I uh, turn my squawk to, to uh, no, no communications, 7600, and uh, away we came. And I looked up at the tower, and they had not one but two green guns pointing at me, light guns we call them. And uh, so that was my, okay, I'm cleared to land. And so Ryan and I, with no radio, landed back from that epic trip. That was something else. So things can go wrong in the air, and weather is always a concern. And so uh, I, I think, for the most part, though, I, whenever I flew with you, we didn't have any weather concerns. Is that what you remember? Yes, yes. You, you would always give me a... Um a weather debrief um and you know like you would pull up the the map um of like all of the clouds and and expected weather precipitation precipitation sure, yeah sure. and you would just like show me like hey like this is the wind and this is the temperature and this is what's like expected for today should be a good day to fly i'm like okay great um i think the wildest thing has nothing to do with weather it's, uh, it had to do with farm animals. Do you remember? Oh my goodness, I had forgotten about that. Here we are up at Sherman. We had just gotten gas and we're taxiing. I'll let you take it from here. We're taxiing and we're, we're going down and dad's like looking at things, like double checking everything. And he looks up and he's like, oh my God, I think there's sheep on the runway. Is a uh, taxiway. Taxiway, yes, excuse yes. me. Yeah, taxiway. Taxiway. Um, and there were there were literally a herd. It was, it was literally a, a herd of sheep. Yes. Um, and it, there must have been all like, over the taxiway. They were everywhere. Clear across, clear across. And so we, we just kind of like slowly mosey on, <laughs> you know, closer and closer, and they just kind of scuttle down and off and away, and we're like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> that was. So weird to have a herd of sheep on the taxiway, mm -hmm. and I don't have a horn in the airplane, so there's nothing to kind of warn a, them. So uh, you, you remember in the Polar Express, whenever the elk get on the um, uh, or caribou, it's the caribou get on the the uh, train Rope. track, uh -huh. and they like pull the guy's beard, and he goes, <laughs> you know, and like it's like signals the caribou to like get off or whatever. We didn't have that. <laughs> we didn't have that. We didn't. Unfortunately. And so we just taxied, just kept taxiing, and they finally cleared, and all ended up going off and through a, an opening in a fence. And I guess they just live by an airport, so they're just like, yep. oh, it's just an airplane. You know, like, guess we'll go back. Was there a, a, a scary moment that you recall flying with me? Is there anything that was difficult or scary that you recall? Um there was never an emergency with me, I don't think. No, there wasn't. Yeah. That my memory doesn't tell me that there was ever anything. I had some some scary moments flying with your mom weather-wise, but uh I think a lot of my fear just came from the unknown. Um I and I just I always worried about you, you know, and an accident happening um while you were in the air or something like that. Whenever, whenever you, whenever I was with you, it was, you were always, you know, very focused and you were, you know, always 
double checking everything and you were talking to me like, hey, like this is what this is showing me, you know, this is what I'm doing. Like you can look at all of like these instruments and you had um, that um, digital flight GPS that uh, for a while it was um, hooked up to the uh, to the, to the Top windshield. The, uh-huh. Um, and, um, so that, you know, like for me with my anxiety, the more I knew, the better I felt. And you were always really good about explaining things to me. However many times, you know, if I forgot something, you know, it was never an issue to go over it again. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, the scariest part was just whenever I would hear, um, about something that would happen, you know, like with, with your mom or, or anything. Um, or when I'm flying separate. And right. so you'd, you'd worry about me when you're not flying more it, than right. you would when you're flying. Exactly. Now that's interesting. I didn't ever think of it that way, but, uh, I also always, uh, in cross country travel, you never know, but I would always try and make sure that I kept mom updated if I was flying Mm-hmm. And then um, sometimes I would update you guys as well, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm back or whatever. So, like whenever you would go to Oshkosh, you know. you'd be like, okay, like I'm headed out, you know. And then whenever you would land, um, you'd be like, all right, like I landed, I'm all good, you know. Yep, and yep. So, you... and so updating family members is kind of an important thing when yeah, uh, <laughs> when you're a pilot. Well, very good. Well, Sarah, I've so much enjoyed uh, uh, visiting with you and kind of learning a little bit about your perspective as a family member, how it's like to fly with a canard driver. So thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been another edition of Canard Cast. Stay tuned for more. Have a good day. You've been listening to Canard Cast, a production of the Canard Owners and Builders Association. I'm Mike Beasley, the editor of Canard Aviation Magazine, which is the quarterly publication of the association. In addition to the magazine and Canard Casts, the Canard Owners and Builders Association provides an online repository for photos, articles, news, forum conversations, as well as a searchable member list to connect with other Canard enthusiasts. It is a valuable resource for anyone building and or flying these awesome aircraft. I invite you to join us by visiting www.canardowners.com and clicking on the membership sign-up link at the top of the page. As a member, you will have access to a wide variety of canard resources essential to building, flying, and owning canard aircraft. Additionally, you can find other canard casts on the Canard Owners website as well as at anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider donating toward or sponsoring future Canard Casts. You can find a donation link at the Anchor.fm website. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, fly safe and we'll see you on the flight line.